0: Speaks through Isaiah, challenging us to view our world not with eyes of privilege, prejudice, and prestige, but with imagining. Dreaming that dream we light this candle of peace.
1: We dream in the light of the Lord.
0: Let us worship God with whom all things are possible.
2: The opening section of our worship is based on an ancient litany in the church called the O Antiphons. You will see that the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel 2, 4, 6, and 7 are interspersed with prayers in between. So I invite you to share in this Advent litany now. Let us stand together. Wisdom come forth from the mouth of the Most High, pervading and permeating all creation. You order all things with strength and gentleness. Come now and teach us the way to salvation. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Rulers will keep silent and nations give you honor. Come quickly to deliver us. Come, Lord Jesus. eternal light. Son of justice, come shine on those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. Come, Lord Jesus. And Savior of all, come and save us, O Lord our God. Come. of grace, ever faithful to your promises, the earth rejoices in hope of our Savior's coming and looks forward with longing to his return at the end of time. Prepare our hearts to receive him when he comes, for he is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
0: the children forward. Come up here on the steps with me. Good morning. Come on up. It's good to see you guys. right. Everybody have a seat for me up here all right okay everybody can look up here so we are in the season of advent right that is where we are waiting for the birth of Christ see the candles right behind Olivia here that's our advent wreath we're lighting a candle each Sunday and this Advent, our, ter- our church is talking about dreaming. We are saying Advent, a season for dreaming. So that's kind of interesting. Hmm. I kind of think of dreaming like wondering. Kind of wondering. Can you guys make a face like mine? Kind of like look up, kind of your eyes are up, and you kind of, yeah, it's kind of like you're wondering. Yes, kind of put your hand on your chin and you're wondering about things. Say, "Mm, yes, some of you have it. Very good. Wondering. So I was wondering today, well, first of all, I know the first thing you wonder about is what presents am I going to get, right? But then after that, I was hoping maybe we could wonder about what this world, what would things look like if we loved like Jesus? Right, Jesus came to this earth to teach us about love. So I want you to put on your wondering face, put on your wondering face, and let's think, what would school look like if we loved to like Jesus? <laughs> I wonder if maybe people wouldn't feel left out. Uh, maybe people wouldn't say mean things to each other right they'd say kind things uh put your wondering face on again i wonder what churches would look like maybe we wouldn't argue about who does things right and who does things wrong yeah churches argue about that kind of stuff a lot uh one more wondering things i wonder what the world would look like maybe no fighting no wars if we loved like Jesus, So this Advent season, I want you to put your wondering face on sometimes and wonder about Jesus' love and what it means to show that, okay? Let's have a prayer together. God, we thank you for this Advent season where we can dream and wonder about your birth and the love that you brought. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, so if you are kindergarten and younger, you go with Miss Mary. If you are part of the choir, you're going to have a children's choir, and you'll know it if you are. <laughs> you're going to go with Miss Catherine and go to this door over here, okay? Yeah, there's Miss Catherine right there.
3: I stand to welcome you to Riverside Presbyterian Church, but in truth, all of you who are members here are the welcoming committee, and so I urge you during this season of Advent to go out of your way to express the hospitality of God, because really all of us are welcomed by the one who made us, for we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're glad you're here please sign the friendship register that is on every pew along the Middle Island. Pass it on down the row. Uh, I will refer you to the back of the bulletin for the many announcements, a lot of traditional and exciting things going on this time of year for all ages. Today, of course, a major event, our concert and dinner this afternoon, so hope to see you back here for that. Next week, our Caring Tree, so today I think is the last day or in the next couple of days to pick up a uh, a Caring Tree tag and go buy a gift and, and bring it in because next week is when they'll be delivered. Finally, uh, you know that we are having a service here on Tuesday for Martha Davis, and uh, that is at 11 o'clock. Uh, the... Due to the large number of people we expect, the reception has been moved to Kissling. And if you are able to bring some finger food to help with that reception, please bring it to Kissling by 11 in the morning on Tuesday. Thank you very much.
2: Let us pray. in our hearts and our minds, Almighty God, that we may behold wonderful things out of your word. We read passages and stories that we have read many times, and yet your spirit always moves in our hearts and in our lives to teach us new things. And that is our prayer today, that these words written long ago will inspire us more vigorously and faithfully to be your disciples in our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reading first from the prophet Isaiah, as we often do during the season of Advent, the 11th chapter, beginning with verse 1. It's kind of a mixed bag, as prophets often are, of uh, mixing some not-so-good news with some visions for hope and peace Uh, that come to us only in these pages. Isaiah 11, beginning with verse 1. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with a lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, the young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox." The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's dead. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Reading also from the Gospel according to Matthew, year A in our lectionary cycle, we'll read a lot from Matthew this year. Chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing, their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many humans have a tremendous tendency to keep the spotlight of attention focused on themselves once they gain popularity or notoriety i've been around for a while and i'm a little bit of a student of history and i've never remember i don't remember a time when so many people are famous for being famous and i'm not quite sure what else but they're out there aren't they While most of us live in our little corners of creation without much desire or need to be famous, things like money, power, and fame itself can mess up our priorities. With the omnipresence of social media these days, do I have to make an argument about its omnipresence or are we good with that? with the omnipresence of social media these days, temptation abounds. Even people who never imagined that they might be famous have become famous by way of social media. And why are they
4: famous? Because
2: they're famous. That's all I can figure This is one of the reasons why I think John the Baptist presents us with one of the best biblical models for discipleship, uh, good for famous people and their followers just the same. The record clearly shows, and mostly it's the Bible, but other traditional sources, the record clearly shows that John lacked an inflated sense of self. Scholars believe he attached himself early in his life to a severe ascetic sect called the Essenes. And we know something about the Essenes and their impact on the world during Jesus' time. I like to describe them as uh, a group of pacifist marines on steroids. I don't know why. It just kind of strikes me as fitting for what I know about the Essenes. They laser-focused their spiritual energies on that which they deemed the most important things of life. And most things didn't make it onto their list of important things. And John was one of them. Portrayals of John the Baptist show him to be rough and coarse to the extreme not a guy necessarily you want to invite to a holiday celebration. Still, John's eccentricities attracted a following. Now not all of the gawkers came for holy reasons. Many perhaps journeyed into the wilderness like folks today seek out the scariest theme park rides. Who likes to go and find the scariest theme park rides. Anybody want to confess to that out there? Yeah, yeah, all right, we got a few. That's right. Uh, Why? Because they're scary. And during a certain time of the year, many people like to find the goriest haunted houses to visit. I like scary theme park rides, not as much as I used to. Gory haunted houses, Don't strike me as something to visit, but a lot of people do. That spirit kind of was, to some degree, the same spirit that was shared by the folks who were coming out to see John. But whatever their motivation, John was able to speak to them about spiritual matters in such a way that they were mesmerized and some were transformed. Luke's record of the story contains more details of the crowd's reaction than does Matthew's record, how they began to move to uh, many, how many uh, were moved to confession, and how they began to assign to John more spiritual stature and value than he himself was willing to carry. A quote from Luke, all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. Crunch time arrives for John. I don't know what thoughts swirled through his head. I like to imagine kind of a different story that people might tell along the way. And here's one that is plausible in John's case, I think. He might have been thinking, you know, I've been denying myself life's simple pleasures for quite a while. Maybe it's time for me to enjoy myself a little more, perhaps even bask a bit in the adulation of these poor people who have turned to me to answer their questions and to give meaning to their lives. Hey, they could be right. They could be right. Maybe I am the only one who can save them. I imagine these things because the Bible does not suggest much of a struggle on John's part. But who knows? Who knows what that evil spirit perched on his shoulder was whispering into his ears. John shares our human genes, so the notion must have at least floated across his smartphone screen, even if only briefly. Ultimately, John does what I really love John for, tempted or not. In the middle of the crowd ready to lift him up on their weary, hopeful shoulders, John doesn't pridefully pound his chest, say, hey, I'm famous, I might as well make use of my fame. He doesn't do that, does he? He points beyond himself to the one who is coming, who really has the power and authority to change lives and to transform the world. And that would be Jesus. He is the Messiah. John happily acknowledges in the other John's gospel record where John says he, meaning Jesus, must increase, and I, meaning John, must decrease. That was John's spirit. What a great, important witness in a world so full of self-obsessed chest-pounders as ours is today. Let me share a few Advent applications. Whether I like it or not, many Christians are already focused on the Babe of Bethlehem, a manageably-sized Messiah, rather than the larger-than-life version John recognizes one who is spiritually superior to us, one who makes outsized demands on our lives, one who challenges and commands and commissions us to a vigorous existence of discipleship, one and the only one who can request absolute allegiance. John reminds us, and the Advent season serves to remind us, John reminds us, that the connection between the newborn baby and the mature king of kings is direct. Coddling the infant without embracing the adult sovereign misses the point of Jesus's life. The one has no meaning without the other. Remember to join with John in this season of preparation in, in acknowledging that the one who is more powerful than we is coming after us. We are not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. A second application, churches in our situation so often want a Messiah for a pastor. And now that your PNC is soon to be searching for a pastor, I want you to begin already to think about resisting the tendency and the temptation to make that person person, real or only in your hopes and dreams yet, to make that person more than what she or he really is. Churches often place way more expectation on new pastors than our theology and practice warrants, and pastors often accept that adulation. It feels good along the way. We don't mind it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's not our goal in life. I have to tell you something that I've said before, and I will probably say it many more times before my time among you is up. Riverside Presbyterian Church doesn't need a Savior as the next pastor for one simple reason. You already have a Savior. Remember that. The same person John the Baptist pointed to when folks were clamoring to exalt his status. I think your next pastor will be fine with accepting a human-sized role around here. And I hope you will allow that person to join the Jordanian wild man and point beyond self to the Lord of lords and the King of kings." Is this an ad- Advent subject? Well, you're already, some of you, dreaming about what that next pastor will be like. And I think it's already important for us to, to be putting into our minds reasonable expectations for that person when they arrive. Finally, directly and personally with impact for today, I challenge you to be finger pointers like John. We all grew up and some of us are still being told that it's not polite to point fingers, right? We've all heard that. And this is one time where I want to encourage you to be a finger pointer. Let me explain why that's so. Not many of us have adopted an Essene lifestyle like John. Well, maybe. Not camel hair, right? Um, we live the lives we live. We, we're not required to live John's life, and that's okay. But we are still challenged to live in such a Christ-like way that we attract the attention of those around us. It it is not bad to attract attention because we're living Christ-like lives. That's not the problem. The problem is what we do with that attention that we attract. When people inquire about what makes us wise and special and sweet and gracious and peaceful, we don't pound our own chests, share our own success stories, about what great devoted disciples we are, but rather we humbly point to the one whose birth we remember and whose sandals we are not worthy to untie, but whose life, death, and resurrection makes him worthy of all praise and honor and worship. And when we live those Christ-like lives and peace And peacefulness being an essential part of that. We will attract attention to ourselves. And we will have the opportunity to be like John and pointing to the one who saved us and the one we love. Jesus, Messiah, Prince of Peace. As we conclude our time of thinking about God's Word, we're going to bring the song that, we, uh, that you sang last week back. It's number 851, and we've changed the first line, or the, the, the key line, not bring your burdens, but come bring your dreams to God. So as we conclude our time of thinking about God's Word, let us stand and sing this uh, two times together.
3: of colors and cultures, tastes and textures in which you delight. Remind us that we all come bearing histories born of generations whose stories shape our own. You come through John. You come through the anointing of John who tried to get his people ready for your arrival. He came and challenged people to mourn their sin, to share their belongings, to straighten up the way. And you call us at baptism and meet us at table and invite us to share in this journey of preparation. O God... During these Advent days of long darkness and some light, we live mostly in the dusk and dawn times, the partial light, with mixed motives and a struggle between our desire to control our lives and our need to trust you, our version of justice in the world, and your expansive vision of mercy for all. We tend to think of our relationship with you as some kind of quid pro quo arrangement, but your ways are not our ways, and your thoughts are well beyond our thoughts. You alone are holy. O God, make our Community of faith, a living witness, and a declaration that no chasm is too wide for your reach and embrace. Faced with division, give us courage and wisdom to be repairers of the breaches that your people have made. We lift up to you those who are waiting for the return of strength to their bodies or relief of hurt. For gratitude to replace their sadness. And justice to come from the powerful. For we pray in the name of the one who is a sign of your new world to come. Saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And while we wait in the season of Advent, we also act in faith. Let us receive the morning offering. (sweak) Bye. <sweak> and mercy in our community in Jacksonville in this world that you love. Oh let us be open as well to a new life of your spirit in our own personal lives. We give you our thanks in the name of Christ. Amen.
2: homework is also permission. Permission to point others to Jesus, who is the Lord and Savior of us all, and the Prince of Peace. So pointing is one thing, but living peaceably is another way. So this week, as you live in a world that may or may not be as peaceful as you would like it to be, I challenge you in every way, in every day, to be representatives of the Prince of Peace in the way you respond in your life to those around you, wherever you are. So go in peace to live and love and serve the Lord in every way. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you this day and indeed forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.